Welcome to Daily Defining Moments. This is Pastor Allen, and I'm so glad you're with me. Our goal each day is to help you open your Bible and connect with Jesus. Remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We're reading through the New Testament portion of the one-year Bible in the New Living Translation. Today is July 21st, and our reading comes from Romans chapter 7. Now, beginning in verse 1 through verse 3, Paul uses the metaphor of a marriage. He says, if a person is married and their spouse dies, then the death of their spouse frees them from the laws of marriage. They're free from that marriage and they can marry another. He says in the very same way, when you trusted in Jesus, you died with Christ. And because you died with Christ, you died to the law your former marriage partner, and you have now been given the freedom to be united with Jesus, your new spouse, your new marriage partner, and the secret to your healing, your spiritual growth, and your future. Verse 4, he says this, So, my dear brothers and sisters, this is the point. You died to the power of the law when you died with Christ, and now you're united with one who was raised from the dead. As a result, we can produce a harvest of good deeds for God. When we were controlled by our old nature, sinful desires were at work within us, and the law aroused these evil desires that produced a harvest of sinful deeds resulting in death. But now we have been released from the law, for we died to it and are no longer captive to his power. Now we can serve God, not in the old way of obeying the letter of the law, but in the new way of living in the spirit. Well then, am I suggesting that the law of God is sinful? Of course not. In fact, it was the law that showed me my sin. It showed me my need for a savior. Watch this, verse 13. Did the law, which is good, cause my death? Of course not. Sin used what was good to bring about my condemnation and death. So in this passage, Paul is describing how we are free from the law. Now, for most of us listening and reading this passage, it's hard for us to understand why Paul wants us to be free from the law, because most of us did not grow up in Jewish culture and we don't understand the burden that the law and all of the religious trappings had created for the average Jewish person and how really it had become a barrier in their relationship with God. So if you are Jewish, when he says the law, he doesn't just mean the Ten Commandments, which is kind of what we think about. He meant the over 600 commandments and then thousands of pages of commentary, the Midrash, that was all built around the law. And all of it was designed to help the Jewish people live a life of holiness. Because when they looked at their history, what they could see is when they departed from God, when they sinned, it created a mess and it led them into captivity. They're trying to avoid that. So really their heart, their desire was good. But rather than pressing into Jesus, they had become reliant on the law, and it actually had the opposite effect. So the role of the law was not 
to gain acceptance with God. Remember, that happened by faith. A couple of days ago, we read in Romans chapter 4, where God says Abraham believed God, he trusted God, he had faith in the promise of God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. So it was always by faith. But now the Jewish people saw the law as the way, the ladder into a relationship with God, when really the law was intended to be a protection to keep the people of God who were connected to him by faith from running off the road and destroying their life. Again, the law was given for our protection. The law was given as a guardrail to keep me from doing something dumb, something destructive, something painful. So when Jesus comes on the scene, what Jesus is inviting us to do is to follow him, and he's going to show us a new way to live. And then basically, he summarizes this new lifestyle by saying, love God and love each other, and all the rest of the law hangs on these two commands. So when you're trying to figure out, should I do this or should I not? What does the Bible say? What is the rule? Well, one filter to use is to ask the question, does this action allow me to demonstrate my love for God and my love for my neighbor? Or is this action loving myself to the detriment of God or my neighbor, right? So that kind of becomes a filter for us. But Paul makes it clear in this passage, the law is not bad. It's certainly not evil. But our independence has used the law actually to lead us away from God and create a mess in our life. And that's what religion does. If we try to satisfy the longing of our heart by keeping the law, it destroys us. If we try to satisfy the longing of our heart with the world, it destroys us. But when we learn to allow God, His presence, and all that He's inviting us into, when we allow God to satisfy the longing of our heart, then it produces life, abundant life, a blessed life. So when we think about our relationship with God, here's the difference. It's our relationship with God is much more like a marriage than being a slave, right? It's much more about freedom than captivity. It's much more about empowerment than oppression. Well, see, the law is, turns us into a, a slave, and, it, and it's oppressing, and it's a burden, our relationship with God, He actually lifts our burden. He sets us free. He empowers us. Again, when I think about marriage, Tina and I have been married for 25 years. And when you think about marriage, just imagine if Tina walked in the house every day and there was a big list of rules that I posted. Here are the rules to make me happy. You think she'd enjoy that marriage? <laughs> Probably not, right? Because then marriage and the rules have become a burden and they suck the life out of that relationship. You know what I want Tina to do? 
I wanted to fall in love with Jesus and to fall in love with me. And I want the same thing for me. I want to fall in love with Jesus, and I want to fall in love with Tina. And as we are living in love with God and each other, guess what? We keep the laws. I don't have to give Tina a list of rules. Tina doesn't have to give me a list of rules. You know why? Because I live each day, and I have learned, I've discovered the joy, the delight, the blessing of living to serve and bless and love Tina. In fact, the secret to my happiness is helping produce happiness in her life. I love how Paul describes this in Ephesians chapter 5. At the end of the chapter, he tells husbands, husband, love your wife like Christ loves the church. But then at the end of the chapter, he says, any man who loves his wife loves himself. Any man who loves his wife loves himself. In other words, when I love Tina well, I'm actually blessing myself because I'm going to reap what I sow. What I pour into her is what's coming back on me, right? And that's what our relationship with with God is supposed to be like. I've discovered when I live to please God, guess what? I find satisfaction. I'm blessed. I'm happy. I'm fulfilled. I'm content. My relationships are flourishing. My influence is growing. I'm making a difference. I'm not so caught up in my circumstances and all these worldly things, and I'm not controlled by all that. I'm not enslaved to those things. The truth is, I'm enslaved to pleasing Jesus. I'm enslaved to pleasing Tina, not because I have to, but because I get to. That's the life that God is inviting us into. And in fact, I think when you look at the Gospels, or if you watch the TV series, The Chosen, one of the beautiful things, I think if we could see Jesus, if we would have been living when Jesus was walking the earth, what Jesus did is he was inviting people to leave either a life of sin or to leave a life of legalism and religion and to step into something that was beautiful and fun and adventurous and life-giving and restful and supernatural and mystical and powerful and mysterious and transforming. It was so beautiful. And that's the life God is inviting us into. I want to live that way so much. And even today, after 26 years of of pursuing God faithfully, being a pastor for 23 years, I'm just convinced that there's more, that God is inviting me into a life that is much more like what I described and much less religious, much less of a burden, much less legalistic, dogmatic, judgmental, and critical, and is full of life. Man, that's what God's inviting us to. We are being invited into a marriage relationship with Jesus. And it's a great celebration. And it satisfies the deepest longings of our heart. And so today, I think we need to take time and just ask, God, what are the unsettled, the longings, the desires in my heart? And how do I come to you every day and allow you to meet 
those needs and desires so that I can live in freedom, so that I can discover a blessed and abundant life. Let me pray for you. Father, we're so grateful that you've invited us into this kind of relationship. We are the bride of Christ, that you didn't invite us into a job, that you didn't invite us into a religion, you didn't invite us into a work camp. You invited us to meet you at the altar and to say yes to you, allow you to have our heart, and you want to lead us into a life of joy and celebration and dancing and freedom and laughter and rest and peace and contentment and strength in the midst of a fallen, chaotic, ugly world. Lord, help us to step into it. Holy Spirit, we just confess how needy and weak we are, how unable we are to live, I think, the way you're inviting us to live. So, God, we we need you to show us. So few of us have ever experienced anything like that. We, we just need your help, and we need you to show us. We need you to lead us there. So we trust you to do it. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Well, thanks again for being with me today. I hope you have a great day. Remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We'll see you again tomorrow.